Welcome to Another Day Above Ground, a show for, by, and about baby boomers. It's the podcast for people who have no idea how to download a podcast. And now, here's your host, Dale Irvin. Welcome back, my friends, to the party that never ends. And I'm referring to Another Day Above Ground. That's the podcast for you, the baby boomer. And we're ready to give you even more information today. But before I do that, I need to uh, need to introduce my two partners in this endeavor. First of all, from uh, from the, the great mountain, is it the mountain state or the mile high state? Denver, Colorado. I don't know what the state is called. It's one of those square states. That's what I'll call it. Carolyn Strauss. It's the square state with all the altitude. I mean, I'm a mile high every day, guys. It's a really good place to be. (laughs) And you've got all the attitude to go along with it. So, you know, that's that's good, too. And joining us from uh, from the lovely state of Indiana, please welcome the Aristotle of comedy, Mr. Tim Slagle. Joe Biden was asked what he thought about the possibility that Rogan might be canceled. He said that's too bad. He always enjoyed Rogan's heroes. <laughs> I thought he was worried about the hair growth thing. <laughs> Oh, have you guys been watching the Olympics? I've been watching the Olympics and I find them boring. I think it would be more fun if the if the Chinese team uh, uh, did the ski jump out of an Apple headquarters. And and <laughs> and if they combined that with the biathlon, so as soon as they go off in the air, you try and shoot them. It's like skeet. <laughs> I think the Chinese are doing that in the Northwest already, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyhow, so that's uh, that's continuing to go on. I think they should uh, they should I don't know fix up the games a little more exciting. You know, bring in wrestling from the summer games, but you got to do it on ice. I think that would be great. You pin a guy down until his butt freezes, and that would be a good uh, that would be a good sport. <laughs> I think the I think the challenge is that there's no winter anywhere. I mean, except here and in Chicago, where we all are right now, right? I mean, there's a little bit of winter. There's a couple of weeks of winter, but there's no winter in China. All of the snow and ice that they're on is man-made. I mean, you could you could have done the Olympics in Florida, the Winter Olympics. It's the same difference right now. Well, I, I think that's a good book title. Is that they're. Uh... Um, what did you just say now? There's no, there's (laughs) such a good book title. I forgot to write it down. There is no winter in China. You know, that's, uh, I think that's a great title for a book. I don't even care what it's about. And you know, the Chinese, you know, the Chinese are making the snow because it's only going to last for 10 days. (laughs) But we're turning into the Rogan show. Anyhow. (laughs) It's Rogaine. Come on, guys. <laughs> so Rogaine. Didn't they just have an, an Olympics in China? Because it looked like yes, it, two they, years they, ago. They, yeah, two no. years ago. Yeah. Wasn't it 2008? It wasn't two years ago. I think it was 2008. Which uh. the last time that we had a great recession. But so they still have the same. It was the same stadium, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. They re. Yeah. Well, I love that they're reusing stuff. That's smart. <laughs> no, yeah. no, they, they just ordered a new one from Amazon. The, the old, say, the, the China, old one China's last, not that. known for their recycling. No. Anyhow, it seems it seems it, though you, you know it would make sense. You know, you you have a Chinese Olympics an hour later. 
you need you, to do it again. You, you run again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyhow, one of the things, as you can tell by this conversation, one of the things with baby boomers is we tend to get bored after a while <laughs> and just start looking at weird stuff and doing strange stuff. And after a while, you think, is this what life is all about? Is this what I'm here for? And so, you know, none of us could answer that question. So once again, we sought out an expert, a man who has uh, changed horses in the middle of a stream and he's, he doesn't even ride. Uh, please welcome a, uh, a, an author, a speaker, a member of the, uh, of the uh, uh, speaker. I'm having a trouble with my mouth working today. It's the Speaker, of the Hall, speaker of Hall of Fame. Thank you very much. You're I don't know what, what's going on. Mr. Ron Culbertson. Ron, welcome to another day above ground. Thank you so much. I appreciate your having me. Clearly, by having me on here, you all are on your way out. And uh, so I'm glad to be here. We're baby boomers, aren't we all? Exactly. Yes, we are. We, we will not use the, the N-word here, no matter how much the Norwegians object. So, <laughs> Ron, you were a successful speaker for as long as I've known you, and uh, and now you have, uh, just, I guess, gone back to your beginning, because now you're an EMT and a fireman. And that's like, I mean, that's like really cool. You know, that's yeah. what I, everybody wants to be growing, not an EMT, but a fireman. But yeah. uh, what what happened in your life that made you change everything? Well, you know, it's so funny you'd say that whole thing about getting bored because there was a there was a part of that. Um, I mean, I've been speaking for 25 years. My initial career was hospice care. I was in I was in a hospice social worker for about 10 years, and um, and. I realized that if, if I went to a conference, they'd pay my way. So I thought, oh, that's the easiest way to get to a free conference <laughs> is to speak there. And so, um, and you stopped so, doing hospice because the reaction from the audience wasn't yeah. quite lively enough for well, you? Is that? Think, think about this. I was talking about humor in the hospice world. <laughs> it was, uh, I, stu I stood out like a sore thumb. I mean, I, I, uh, I would go to these conferences and I would start getting bookings because you know, I was different. I was doing things a little differently, but um, I, you know, I went into speaking because I was getting so many requests. But when COVID hit, I mean, you know, just like mo many of us, uh, I think I dropped down. I dropped seventy-five percent of my business just went away. Either got postponed or canceled or whatever. It went. Some of it went to virtual. And I told somebody, I said, you know, when you do humor, and and everybody's muted, um, it's just <laughs> the the feeling is so weird. But then I went back and did a live one, and nobody laughed. That was worse. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like, I was thinking, it can't get worse than Zoom, but it did. <laughs> um, but, but anyway, so, so I had been a volunteer ambulance driver for about four years. In our community, they pay the paramedics and the EMTs, and then people in the community volunteer to drive so that they can pay the, the career staff more, and then we just get to do a cool volunteer job. So I've been doing that for a few years, and I thought, well, if I get my EMT, I'll be a greater resource, and I've got the time. My calendar's clear, so I did that. And then, again, this winter uh, popped up, and, you know, things slowed down. It was busy in the fall, but then it slowed down now, so they're offering a firefighter class. So I'm in the firefighter class now, and here in our community, all the people are cross-trained. They're all both EMS and fire, so uh, that'll just give me another skill that I can go run chase fires. Are you saying in your community, if I call an ambulance, there's some random person going to be driving yes. me to the hospital? Yes. Yes. We've all been trained to drive an ambulance. <laughs> and it's a state course. You, it's, you have to go through a, 
a training program. But um, yes, that is that is true. Uh, it could be your neighbor. And, and if we get you to do it, then we get jokes on the way. Is that yes, what you do? It. Exactly. <laughs> there you go, folks. So these two guys, you'll get this one later. Yeah, if you live that long. But anyhow, <laughs> um, that's, do you ever get you know you, you ever get confused a little bit when you're driving in your own car? And decide what the heck I'm yeah. doing. Yeah. 80. I got a siren I can hang out the window. I know. You know, it, it's uh, I, well. You and I used to both have motorcycles, and after my second accident, I got rid of my motorcycle. But um, but this gives me that that thrill again. You know, you're going 80 down the highway with lights and sirens going. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do 80. I do 80 on the Dan Ryan without lights and siren. That's, <laughs> what, are you, what, are you, what are you talking about? No, you're about? just followed by the lights and the sirens. Yeah, that's the same feeling. <laughs> no, not on the Dan Ryan. You gotta be. You gotta be doing at least 90 before they pull you over. So what yeah, is an you, EMT? What do you have to learn to be an EMT other than, you know, like uh, the basics? It's Clear. a pretty, I think it's about 150 hours of class and um it's it's you have to learn all the all the systems, all the the body systems and how certain emergency situations come about and then the choices. Now I'm governed by law that I can only do a certain things and then you know paramedics can do more than me. Like I can't give medications, I can't start an IV, that kind of thing. Uh, but but you learn what causes things and then what your response should be to that. And then you have to take a, a national certification test, which is it, it's probably the hardest the hardest studying class I've ever done for anything. Uh, wow. Of course, I didn't do that well in undergraduate, so I don't know if it's a fair comparison. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it was pretty intense. It was really intense. Wow. So now do you, do you get a uniform or anything? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah, I did. It's not leather or anything like it was on the motorcycle, but it's close. <laughs> you get to sleep at the firehouse and go down the pole and stuff? I slept there last night. Wow. Wow. How cool now, is that? I sleep there. So, again, we have a weird system here where the volunteers can sleep at home, and then I'm five minutes from the fire station. I could just run down there if I need to. But I find I sleep better when I sleep there and don't have to worry about getting there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of – I don't have the pole anymore. I think <laughs> – I think they found it was causing accidents. <laughs> oh, that's why I always wanted to be a fireman. It's the yeah. only way that you can make your dad proud going to work on a pole. Yeah. <laughs> really? My dad's fine with it. <laughs> they, they should put in a slide then or something if they don't have, I mean, because you got to get down to the truck right away. So. Yeah, yeah. So I'll tell, just to give you an example of something fun. So in this class I'm in, the fire class is totally different than the EMT, obviously. It's a whole different subject. But uh, last, like uh, two, two or three days ago, we had a class where we have to get used to being in a house where it would be full of smoke and you couldn't see. So they actually take your fire protective hood that you wear and turn it around so it completely covers your face. You're on air, so you're breathing air out of a tank, and then they put you in an obstacle course. And you're Whoa. crawling on the ground trying to find your way through this obstacle course. And I <laughs> I have to say halfway through, I lost it just a little. <laughs> <laughs> and they had to stop. I had to stop for a second and compose myself and then go back into it. But it was pretty intense. Wow. Uh, so and how long do you have like, to? It's a course like Squid Game is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody was shooting us from the top of the fire engine, though. That was the. <laughs> Thank goodness. Well, that you knew of. That's true. True. That's right. Yeah. You're, you're supposed to like keep one hand out as you go along the ground looking for bodies. And, 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 and oh, in the wow. manual, 
in the manual, one of the funny things it says is you've got to get uh, used to being able to distinguish the difference between furniture and bodies. <laughs> so, sounds, sounds like the mob guidebook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's pretty cool. I, I've had a blast. I've really enjoyed it. And I uh, I know some parents of teenagers that, that, that could say that their, their teenagers could use that training. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you, um, you know... What's what? You ever the get difference any... between a body and a furniture, Carolyn. T- teenage boys, hello. <laughs> do you, do, have you ever been in like extreme danger? You know, like you're outside a building and it's collapsing and stuff. Or... Well, see, I, I'm just in the training now, so I haven't done any fire stuff. Um, but in the in the EMT world, you do like you'll get a call, perhaps that someone's being violent with a weapon or they're injured and they have a weapon. And, and in those situations, we have to wait for law enforcement to get there. <laughs> I'll tell you something funny. Uh, a cop came up to me one day at a conference and he goes, I don't know why you call yourself first responders when you have to wait for us. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds like the Marine. It sounds like the Marine army rivalry kind of, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, I have a totally different perspective on law enforcement after doing this job because you, you're really in some situations. You're really, really glad you got backup and you've got people that you know that can enforce whatever needs to be enforced because that's not our role. So, are you, are you allowed to carry weapons or anything? Well, I mean, just like anywhere else, you just have to follow state laws. There's no, there's no internal restriction against us carrying in our department, um, just as long as it's, it adheres to state laws. Okay. Because, you know, somebody doesn't want to go. It's like, hey, come on, pal, get in the stretcher. We're going to the hospital. I'm, I'm not a big gun guy. I never grew up with guns. My wife had sort of her, her dad had a bad experience growing up, so I've never been a gun guy. So under my bed, I have a samurai sword. And I figure, you know, it's it's not the same because you have to get close, but it's uh, it's similar. <laughs> <laughs> my my neighbor is a big gun guy, and like his wife wants nothing to do with it. Yeah. So when he goes away, what he bought for his wife was bear spray. I got that too. Yeah. <laughs> and so you practice the one in one hand and the other in the other hand, and then it's a it's a two you know it's a, a double attack. It's it's actually maybe more efficient than a gun. I don't know. I think they call that the January sixth. Yeah, <laughs> it could be. It could be. <laughs> so. Okay. Okay, girl. Ron, I am looking at the picture behind you. Yeah. It is a picture of a bubblegum machine that says die empty. That yeah. might be my favorite picture I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's not intended to me emotionally, refer to emotionally die empty. It's a, uh, you know, it's a, uh, you know, that's uh, Jason Kotecki did that. And uh, I guess he knew about my hospice background. He sent it to me and I just thought, what a perfect, what a perfect piece for kind of my perspective on everything. Uh, yeah, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful work, I think. Yeah, once you don't have any more gumballs, might as it's well. It's it. <laughs> Cash them as well. What's the most satisfying thing you've ever come across in the, in the business? In in what business? In, in in the EMT fire, you know, what you're doing now. All right, so so we all know this world of performing and speaking and being on stage. And, you know, not to negate that because it was very good to me. I mean, I couldn't have made a career in social work the same way I made a career in speaking, so I get that. But but let's be honest, on some level, there's uh, I, I used to describe it as deeply shallow. There's a, there's just a, on some level, there's, you know, this shallowness to it that I go, what am I really doing up here? Is this all smoke and mirrors? Am I actually doing anything worthwhile? And so... 
what I find in the, in this other world is you're doing something immediately in the moment that's helpful to somebody. And that's cool. just, yeah. that's just really incredible. It's a credible experience. Even if you're just driving them to the hospital, you know, they're getting taken care of in the back. It's, you know, that's, that's a pretty cool feeling. And I'm 61. So, you know, this is not the time people generally go into that kind of work. So I'm, <laughs> exactly. I'm also trying to keep up with the young whippersnappers. <laughs> Have you had people snap their whippers at you? Uh, once in a while, but, uh, but I'm, <laughs> that's above my level of training, so I'm not allowed to. Oh, Adela, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for bringing on guests who make me feel really bad about myself and what I do for a living. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks, Ron. I'm, you know, I, I used to get the, the feeling every so often is, I can't believe they're paying me this much to do this. I mean, you know, it's not like I'm curing cancer or fixing shit. You know, I can't believe that they're doing that. But, you know, right. what the heck? Um, Carolyn, do you have a question? While I, while I try and organize my mind to think of the next question I have I for do. Ron? Do they teach you how to drive the fire truck, too? It's a different level of training. It, it's a... <laughs> It's a longer course. <laughs> I have to take another. I have to take another bit of training because I think in order to drive the fire engine, you have to know how to operate the the dials and pumps in the back, and that's a different course. I mean, you wouldn't uh, believe the offshoots of once you become a firefighter. There's so many different levels of training you can get, like you know, getting people out of cars, um, how to how to rescue people off in in the wilderness, or how to rescue people out of a river. I mean. It's just, it goes on and on and on. And I'm, I'm just doing the very basic level at this point. I would like make, to get that one day, though. Did they make you get a Dalmatian? No. that You know, I I keep asking about when the calendar will come out, but I didn't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're just waiting for it to come out? Or are you going to audition? Because it's a different thing. <laughs> I figure that's what how you graduate from the class. He's <laughs> <laughs> Carolyn, he's waiting for the calendar to come out, not waiting for the calendar to come out. Punctuation is everything, isn't it? <laughs> there was a Rotary Club one time that did a nude calendar. And, it, you know, the Rotary Clubs are all of your community leaders. So they picked like 12 guys. Uh, maybe, I don't know if there were any women in this club at that time. This was a number of years ago. But, but what they did was these very creative photographs where they always had something in front of them. You know, like a guy who was yes. an architect, he had blueprints right at his midsection. And, and, and he had this very sort of serious look on his face. It was hysterical. And they said they just sold these hand over fist. I mean, it was crazy. Hand over fist. That's uh -huh. how they would sell them. That's a great fundraiser. That's who bought them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Ron, are you doing any speaking anymore? Are you still working with, with David? On the yeah. funny stuff? Well, Dave and I are like really, really close friends. And so we talk all the time. And um, I sort of, I, I was writing with him for a while. And then I got really, really busy speaking wise. And I found that the writing stuff just became that, that thing like, oh, I got to do this too. So I kind of gave him back that business. And, and he still does that. I do occasionally, if somebody reaches out to me, I'll do some writing. Um, I did a lot of speaking in the fall. It was like once last summer hit, my calendar tipped back up again for the fall. So I had a really pretty good fall, it part, you know, half virtual, half in person. And then with the, the, the variant, it just kind of died again. I've got stuff later in the year, but I, you know, I don't know how much longer I'll do this. Um, you know, my wife and I, we keep saying, she's been telling me for 10 years, two more years. And, uh, and so I've, 
I, we just don't want to run out of money. <laughs> I don't well, want to be that, the guy yeah. that's 98 and I'm working at Walmart. I mean, that's not... <laughs> eating cat food. <laughs> yeah, so so that's the big. We're you know just crunching the numbers constantly, but um, but I think hopefully after this year I can decide how much I want to do. It's a beautiful feeling, you know, when you realize that you don't have to go anywhere. This way, yeah. Joe Calloway told me, he said, yeah, I wake up in the morning with tears in my eyes, realizing I don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. I don't have to get on a plane. <laughs> By it's the way, for, for our listeners, I want to clarify, when I asked Ron if he still works with David, we're talking about David Glickman, who was such a fantastic guest on this show, oh, who good. we will have back again. Yeah, we had him on for Hanukkah, and it was so funny. And maybe we'll have him on for Passover or something. We'll talk yeah. to him again, because <laughs> the two of them are so because funny. We all know that David can't work the sort of secular dates. He can't, It's just not, he can't speak to those. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but, was... but you know, one of the greatest things. I mean, I, I know that you, you. You know, I'm not. I'm not one of these Pollyannas like you turn the bad thing into a good situation. But the greatest thing about COVID to me was I got to stay home, and I I had been on the road about 100 days a year, which you know is yep. moderate. And uh, and I realized when I wasn't traveling how much I I really enjoy being home. Now we live in a really. I live in the woods in the mountains in the Blue Ridge Mountains. So uh, actually, make Dale rode his motorcycle literally five minutes from my house. And uh, and so I, I live. I love it where didn't I didn't stop. Live. No, I didn't stop. I didn't know what <laughs> was taking too much time. You know. <laughs> he stopped at eight houses, couldn't find the right one, and just kept on driving. After, he's knocking on doors all over the place. Right? You know, next time, give him the address. Yeah. I, well, I followed a guy with an ambulance for a while, but yeah. it wasn't him. You know. <laughs> well, he was driving by and he heard. Din -din 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 -din. <laughs> So he gave it a little throttle. <laughs> so what, uh, what, what, what future plans do you have now? Are you gonna? Do you want to go? You know, all the way up into the fire training, or do you no, want to no, no. sit back this, and relax? Or? This will mostly be a volunteer job, although I do do some paid shifts occasionally if I if they need coverage or something. Um, so I, I'm just looking at it mostly as a volunteer role, but then I can I can pick up a few dollars here or there if I want to. I'm also working on a, a documentary right now with a director about my college band, which is kind of, uh, I, I went to the University of Virginia and our college band was a joke band. We were like the scramble bands in the Ivy Leagues and we, uh, our, our format was, uh, we would come out and we'd tell eight to 10 jokes. We'd form something on the field that looked like, that matched the joke and then play a piece of music. So as an example, Virginia Tech was our big rival. So one year Virginia Tech were, you know, we're playing them, and the, the, the announcer comes over the loudspeaker and said, we're really sorry to report that last night Virginia Tech's library burned down, and both books were lost. And, and then wait a few beats, and one wasn't even colored in yet. And so, <laughs> so then we form a building, like, the, like just a structure of a building, and then we'd play Disco Inferno. And that was the formula. And it started. So it was a college, it was a marching band. Yeah, but we didn't oh, do I'm, any I'm, real okay. I thought it. Was, I thought it was like a, you know. I think that's band. where There's your fascination with fire came from. Maybe, maybe. And and so, you know, this started in 74, and I was in it from 79 to 83. So I was on the writing team, and then I was in charge of the shows my last year. Um, but they got rid of the band in 2002 because they had become so controversial. They kept irritating everybody. And then people would complain, like, once the governor of Maryland asked the governor of Virginia for a formal apology for something that was done in their stadium. And so there's all this controversy over the years, but it was just for those of us that were part of it, it was just unlike, it was unlike anything else we'd been in, involved in. So, 
So I got a guy who's in school at the same time. He's done a few documentaries. So we're working on this project. We have to raise money and then shoot. We're going to shoot one final show uh, and have everybody come back and do a show. Yeah. So that's a project that I'll be doing. I'll be working on more intensely after COVID. That's kind of screwed us up too. Come back with their come back with their instruments. That's what I was just going to say. What instrument did you play? I played the baritone horn, which is known as a chick magnet. I don't. uh, (laughs) Wow. It sounds like a it sounds like a trombone, but it looks dorky, and it's just it's not really a sexy, fun (laughs) instrument at all. Do you still do you still play? No, I mean I have one, but I don't play it. Yeah. I was in the marching band in college. It was a small cop, El Parizo, and oh, yeah. uh, we yeah. only had like maybe twenty people in the band. So we'd go out at halftime and make a square and do our salute to plane geometry, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and now a triangle. <laughs> it was terrible, yeah. just terrible. I was in the marching band in high school. I played the drums because I had a crush on one of the other drummers. His name was Matt Bantley. So Matt, we called him Bat Mantley. So Bat, if you're listening, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still waiting. Just call 1-800. I'm still here. <laughs> That's our next podcast. That's the title of our next podcast. <laughs> Another day above ground. I'm still here. <laughs> so, Rod, do you have any advice for our fellow baby boomers? Either you know, I don't know, advice on how to stay well, stay healthy, but what to what to look for and 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 how to live the rest of your life really just those are the kind of simple questions we're looking for answers yeah yeah well for on, on the i just wrote a blog about this but uh on one hand especially for the baby boomers if you don't have your will and your advanced directive please do that but and and that's you know i i had a will and advanced directive when i was 27 because i worked in hospice care and i saw the people that didn't have it and i'm like well i don't want to do that but, um, I, I, you know, it's, it's a different point in life. If I was talking to younger people, I'd say, you know, I was taught in social work school, take care of yourself, do what you want to do, do what you love, because nobody's going to do that for you. Nobody's going to look out for you. Nobody's going to take care of you every day. And I think that was just always kind of my mindset that if I did something and after a while it wasn't fun anymore, or I didn't enjoy it or didn't get any fulfillment, I'd quit doing it. So now going forward, if I'm not tied to having to work, even if I was tied to having to work, it would still be the same principle, but if I'm not working for pay anymore, then my goal is going to be, what do I enjoy doing? What, what taps right. into the talents that I have? And, and it's probably going to be a volunteer thing. And I love that. I'm, I've been a lifelong volunteer, so I'm kind of into that. But very uh, cool. That's and very you kind of cool. look like Mr. Drysdale now from the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> I was like trying to play. The, do you remember the banker from the Beverly yes. Hillbillies? Yes, of course. We got, we got a little of that going on with you, Ron. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, uh, I had a, a goatee and then I had to shave it because the air masks for the fire department have to seal. <laughs> That's and what they, I had. A, I they had a friend to take the test, the, the final exam, if it doesn't seal right. <laughs> I had a friend who was a pilot for United, and when he retired, I said, What are you going to do now? He said, I'm going to grow a beard. Yeah. We could never <laughs> have one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Ron, this has been fantastic. We really appreciate, you know, what you're doing now, how far you, you've come along. And uh, it's it's good advice for all baby boomers out there looking to do something different. Do something you like. And that's, uh, you know, that's the main point. So uh, other than that, if you have any final words, Ron? Not at all. I appreciate you all having me. It's, it's, 
you know, it's, it's COVID's really separated us out in so many ways. And I just, I really appreciate your connecting with me. This has been, this has been a treat uh, just to see you all live and uh, to have this time together. So I appreciate being here. Well, that's good. Yeah. And the, the Omicron variant that they found another one after that. Now it's the Pokemon variant. And, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen with that. But I know what the next one's going to be. It's going to be the FU variant because we're all sick of this. <laughs> <laughs> the problem with the Pokemon variant is people are out there looking for it on purpose. They're chasing it around everywhere. We'll never get well. <laughs> Anyhow, Rob, thank you so much for joining us here on another day above ground. We really appreciate the information that you've given to our audience, and we appreciate uh, we appreciate you. Well, so thanks. thank you so much. Thank you all. Thanks for having me. Bye. And that about wraps up this uh, this week's edition of Another Day Above Ground. Tim, you got any final uh, final words? Just check out my website, timslegel.com. So tour information, uh, 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 podcasts, uh, uh, everything you need to know about me. Carolyn, how about you? I'm just looking forward to seeing all the movies that are coming out, you know, that have been nominated for SAG Awards and, um, and, and the Academy Awards. So being a SAG member, as you are, Dale, my, my plan for the next couple of weeks is work on my business and watch lots of movies. So maybe, I'll, maybe we'll do a show in a couple of weeks about movie reviews. Okay, and of course, for all of those out there who uh, who are listening to Carolyn, she's still here. So we want you to know that she's still here. I'd like you to visit DaleIrvin.com. That's where you can get the Friday Funnies every Friday. It's in a video form. I guarantee it'll make you laugh. It only takes about five minutes, and uh, it'll set off your day. Other than that, I want you people listening to go. First of all, I want you to share this with other people. And if there are other baby boomers, you may have to teach them how to log in. But uh, share this with other baby boomers. Go out and enjoy the day. Do something you like because today is another day above ground. And that's it for another day above ground. For Dale, Tim, and Carolyn, I'm Farad Muhammad. Thanks for listening.